Sorry to interrupt. Are you okay? I need to get out of a toxic relationship. Well, welcome back, everybody, to Take Me to Your Reader, discussing adapted-ish science fiction and fantasy <laughs> and other things at its best and worst. I'm Seth. I'm James. And I'm Colin. And as we threatened, uh, we are doing a second episode on Dracula-ish, um, because there are a lot of movies that are kind of Dracula-adjacent, that take some kind of liberties, for instance, having Dracula still alive at the end. <laughs> and although the funny thing is, I don't know, Colin, if you got a chance to watch that um, Cinemassacre video on comparing all the Draculas? No. I think you'd love it just because it's very much kind of your mindset about it. But there's one of those that's pretty close in a lot of ways, but Dracula is alive at the end. So they, <laughs> right. they, they make one major change. But um, yeah, because there have been a lot of things that are, for instance, titled Dracula, like Dracula has risen from the grave or Dracula, the satanic <laughs> rites of Dracula, all the, yes. all the hammer films where Dracula is somehow still alive, even though he very clearly died in the first one of them. And then there are other ones that sort of adapt a character, be it Dracula or someone else. And so we're just going to do a grab bag of those. We didn't have any uh, required viewing for this. So I don't know how many of the things all three of us have seen. Um, but I think uh, let's maybe go around and uh, have somebody start with one they want to talk about. And then I, I, I did want to speak to your Cinemasker real quick, because okay. I think... Uh, Watching it did actually remind me of you, Colin, because there was a point system, an entire point system for canonicity on oh. the key points from the book and how they met or didn't meet it. Yeah. I dig it. Like how they, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was funny because when he introduced it, he was going to say, okay, if, if any of them come to a tie, we'll do this like subjective tiebreaker. But really none of them came to a tie, actually. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think one and two, the top two positions were one point from each other. And then the third one down was like, eight or ten points or something down yeah so it was clearly there was two obvious winners it was and, a battle for and third one place. winner for sure yeah yeah so yeah. and it's all it was like totally point-based canonical here's these things so i mean it was somewhat arbitrary <laughs> right because he chose the points that he was going to grade it on well so you any could, point you system could, is arbitrary yeah true true you you could put other things in there in, start in order to uh to <laughs> slip out a mickey right <laughs> <laughs> skew the results <laughs> Uh, right. So we're right on a curve. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so James is still not feeling terribly. Well, you're on the mend, but uh, you thought yeah. maybe if you're if we're remote, then I can delete all your coughing and yeah, precisely and <laughs> nose nose blowing and and that kind of stuff. Trying to get you healed up before you head off on a trip, and that's why we're recording early in the month as well. So yeah, let's uh, I, let's not do like a big dump of everything we watched. Let's just. You know, I'll pick one person. You talk about one thing that uh, that you are interested in. It does not have to be movie. It can be television, book, movie, whatever. Um, and on that note, I actually have audio from from my patron and friend Sarah Elkins about one of her favorite things. So I'm going to play it here, and hopefully, you guys can hear this. I love the original book. My favorite Dracula adaptation is Fred Saberhagen's The Dracula Tape, in which the Count sets the record straight secret history style, filling in and commenting on most of the plot points with his perspective and memories of events. We get an expanded, sympathetic look at Mina Harker's role and some snark from the Count about some of the narrative choices in the original accounts. For example, the frequent use of the word voluptuous. From the Count's <laughs> point of view, he's really not that bad. The careful reader 
may side-eye Count Dracula a bit, but will enjoy Saberhagen's take on the original book. Nice. Thank you, Sarah. Her, uh, her, her comment just reminded me of something. It would be funny to see, like, a drunk history of Dracula. <laughs> There's probably, like, a Thug Notes version. That, that would be pretty, oh, yeah, exactly. pretty good, too. Yeah. Well, here's yeah. what really happened. <laughs> it's interesting to me that she picked the only non-cinematic adaptation that, that we're really going to talk about today. Yeah. 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 You should have told us about that, Seth. I would have, like, listened to it earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Dang I wanted to spring it on you guys. So uh, for next year, you can you can check that out. So James, do you have uh, something Dracula adjacent that you have consumed recently? It sounded to me in in our pre talk like you've watched quite a few. Yeah, about about <laughs> five different movies, I think. Okay. Wow. <laughs> all right. So pick one. Pick one. How can I pick just one? Well, I, I'll let you get to all of them. Gosh. Just pick uh, one okay. to talk about. So I did watch uh, Dracula and Told, but I'll let you talk about that one since you did too. Okay. Um, first on my list was Van Helsing. With uh, Jack, huge, huge jacked man, huge jacked man. <laughs> it was fantastically dumb, but totally yeah. worth watching because it's actually the production quality is pretty good, but it's just dumb. <laughs> it's it's kind of taking like Hugh Jackman was coming to prominence because of X Men and then oh yeah, that's Jackman totally what from, I think. Yeah, yeah, was, right? yeah, exactly, yeah. right, right in yeah. the coattails of the Underworld uh, X Men series. You know, they kind of she very much plays a very similar role in that regard. Okay. So, you know, a killer, the mm. uh, vampire. Well, yeah, vampire killer. Yeah, she's a killer in the underworld too, right? Um, right. I have and, not seen that movie. So any of them? still Van Helsing? I have not seen it. Oh, no, Van Helsing! Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the the thing I found interesting about it was that it does pull together all the character, all, all the, the the classic Universal characters. So you got Dracula, Frankenstein, and the Wolfman, mm. or a couple different Wolfmen, mm. and they they. They tweak it a little bit in in the Dracula lore because apparently he can't die except by a wolfman <laughs> or a werewolf. Oh, the only way he can die is by a werewolf. And it's funny because Van Helsing, there's like this uh, the priest that joins Van Helsing. It's like his cue, basically, like James Bond cue. Yeah, <laughs> well, hooks him up with weapons. Him, yeah, hooks him up. Yep, oh, all his awesome. weapons. He knows like all the knowledge and stuff like that. He does all the research, and uh, you know he's researching all these things about vampires. Which is working working against vampire or Dracula's brides, but nothing worse against Dracula. He keeps getting screwed over. <laughs> <laughs> Did you recognize who Q was? Yes, but I don't remember off the top of it. Yeah. Uh, oh, go ahead. It's Faramir. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Yeah. 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 David, yeah. No, I wanted to say David Thewlis, but no, that's that's Lupin. No. Um, yes. I don't remember his name though, but yeah, his actor's name. I mean. Yeah. His real name. <laughs> Right. <laughs> uh, Colin, you watched that one as well, right, with Tim? I did. Uh, let me think. We had a, um, a couple of comments from that. Uh, it's it's kind of like Batman. It's more like a Bond movie. Um, <laughs> it's very campy. Right. And it, in terms of its adaptational status, it kind of adapts the world of the Universal Monsters. Yeah. 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 Okay. David Wenham, by the way. Yeah. Some interesting things about this is that Van Helsing has been alive continuously for 300 years. We don't know why. We never find out right. why. And Van Helsing is wearing Dracula's signet ring, and Dracula is missing a finger. Huh. So I don't know if that oh, was... You didn't, you didn't catch why? No, tell me. Yeah, he's a reincarnation of Gabriel the Angel. He's God's left hand, supposedly, according to the Dracula narrative. Van Helsing is or Dracula is? No, Van Helsing is, yeah. Okay. And so he tried to kill Dracula, but of course Dracula can't die except by a werewolf. And so he lost his finger and took his signet ring in the process. 
But then when he joined the whatever that secret order was for the, the yeah the order church yeah yeah but when he joined the order uh, he lost his memories of all that happening mm. when they gave him the adamantium yeah basically <laughs> <laughs> so he's right. really Gabriel only lost all his memories nice anything else you want to say about that one Colin uh, it was financially successful it made three hundred million dollars on a hundred and sixty million dollar budget Rotten Tomatoes okay. score twenty four percent. That was a critic percent, though. Yeah, we missed the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde reference that's also in there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that one. Yeah, and the beginning Mm. was Dr. Jekyll. No, Mr. Hyde, sorry. Actually, he was fun. He was cool. (laughs) Now, was Mr. Hyde larger or smaller than Dr. Jekyll? Uh, Mr. Hyde was much larger. Yeah. He was like an oversized uh, football hooligan from a club up in in Manchester. One of of these uh, Halloweens, we're going to have to do that story because that's the main thing that people always that, that the adaptations always invert wouldn't the monster be larger than the doctor nope he's just more evil yes oh that's fair yeah okay uh colin so in, any uh, any dracula adaptations that you want to talk about uh i i did watch van helsing i also watched renfield Okay, we have all three watched Renfield. Yes. yes. So we can talk about Renfield. Renfield, I think, is the most original of, of the, the Dracula-related adaptations that I watched. Mm. Um, I did only watch two, although I have one other okay. cool book thing to talk about later. Uh, it's based on the idea, again, that Dracula does not die and that Renfield has been helping keep him alive for centuries. And they go through this cycle where Dracula is injured and hurt from whatever battle he's been in. And then Renfield helps him get better. Then something happens to Dracula and the whole cycle starts over again. Right. And and it's a horror comedy, right? It, where, oh, right. Where it has absolutely comedic levels of gore. Yeah. Which, which is something that I I really enjoy, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, th- there's an amazing scene where Renfield rips a guy's arm off and then he throws them both like spears to get right. another guy. <laughs> yeah, that was so cool. So over the top. I mean, it, it's a Nicolas Cage movie. You, you have to have some... Something like that in right. there, I think. Right. right. I thought Nicholas Cage was actually a pretty good Dracula. I, I thought it was <laughs> genius <laughs> casting. He was a great yeah. Dracula. Yeah. yeah. And Nicholas Holt is is a gifted comic actor as well. He's, he's got great yeah. comedic timing. Um, if you've never seen The Great, uh, he's terrific in that. Okay. And uh, Warm Bodies, actually, is a very funny movie with him in it. Oh. <laughs> so he's used to playing undead, long-lived people. Mm-hmm. And Warm Bodies is adapted. <laughs> he wasn't really undead, though. He was just long-lived, right? He had the, right. Yeah, the yeah. bugs. Yeah. The, gu- the bugs gave him superpowers. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, deal. I'll eat those bugs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So basically, it takes both characters who no- who nominally died in the novel mm-hmm. and has them both just continue status quo uh, through through the ages. And it it's very amusing the way it starts with Dracula is in a trap and he. Oh yeah, gaslights Renfield into setting him free, and there's a hilariously gory scene <laughs> right there. Oh, you're talking about the the, the salt circle when they were trying to like yeah, kill yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that with the cool. cocaine. Oh turn, no, turn, no, no, the other one. Yeah, at the end, that comes back around. Right? <laughs> Turns out any yeah. powder will work. Any powder will work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was yeah. it was only one of the few adaptations I noticed after watching the I think it was Christopher Lee that swapped the Harker and Renfield thing right. So where where Redfield was the solicitor that went and executed the real estate transaction? Yeah, well, not, so very, in this not very story, many other ones did that. But in 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 Redfield, he was also that was how he that was how he was introduced as meeting Dracula, right? Yeah. So they actually 
uh, acted out the beginning parts of the Bela Lugosi Dracula. It's scene right. for scene, line for line, word for word. And yeah, so Renfield is this initial guy that goes to talk to Dracula. He fails. And then so right. something with Harker. Harker never really enters into that that movie. Although in yeah, the no, story. Yeah, I think it was all just, just Renfield. Which, which yeah. kind of made me wonder if this was like a, well, so obviously I watched the Christopher Lee after Renfield. But like, it made me think, I'm like, oh, Renfield's totally a sequel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a sequel to the Bela Lugosi. <laughs> Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> oh, Bella Lugosi, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, right yeah. yeah. I mean, it, Renfield in the Bram Stoker movie was also the initial solicitor who went over there and cracked up. So. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh, shoot. Okay, I forgot that part. All right, fine. Yeah. But it's Keanu Reeves' sparkling performance distracted you from that. So Yeah, it must have been that <laughs> one. <laughs> the sparkling piece of cardboard. Yes. <laughs> Renfield was a bomb at the box office. Yes, it lost tons of money. Which is disappointing because I, I, I only saw like good reviews from people about it. So that's a bummer. Yeah. Uh, well, at Rotten Tomatoes, oh, no. Yeah, at Rotten Tomatoes, it's 58% fresh. Okay. And it's based on a story by Robert Kirkman. Oh, oh. The Walking Dead. From The Walking Dead fame. Yeah. So we, we've talked about the gory. Um, in, in this one scene, so Nicholas or Renfield gets tired of being Dracula's lackey. And so he's going to a support group for people in abusive relationships. <laughs> and toxic and relationships, as, yeah. And, yeah. And so as he meets these people, he goes and he kills every single person that's oppressing them. And he eventually becomes like a local superhero. Well, right. on Dracula eventually catches onto this and he goes to the help session. And in front of the help session is a welcome mat. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. he just, he, he looks down, smiles, oh, and then yeah. walks right on it. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to spoil, there's a funny gag at the very end that I don't want to spoil. And, and okay. keep, keeping with theme with all the Dracula movies, this was also a love story. So I'm, I'm convinced Dracula is a love story through and through the entire thing. Novel, all the movies, everything through and through. Nice. Love story. Okay, so it's my turn. I, I, I get to do one. And I'm going to talk about Love at First Bite. Um, that was somebody on social media. I think it was Joe, Joe Herbers. Herbers? I can't remember. Joe Sherry. Herbers? So, some, somebody somebody on, um, on social media mentioned that one. And it's, so it's from the 80s. It's extremely 80s, uh, featuring George Hamilton, like the most 80s star of all time. Uh, <laughs> I, I watched over and over when I was a kid, Zorro the Gay Blade, which I'm sure is a movie that would not fly today. But uh, regardless of what you'd say, he's terrific in that movie, playing two different roles. But uh, in this one, he is playing Dracula. And there's a, there, a did you either of you guys see this one? No. No. Okay. So there's a scene where he's talking to Renfield, and Renfield says to him, if I hadn't given you that whatever plated uh, cigarette case, oh. then <laughs> Van Helsing would have finished you off back in, you know, 1897. <laughs> Nice. And it, it goes with the same kind of reincarnation thing where he's going after the same woman um, okay. and, and has seen her in multiple generations. Uh, Mina Harker is one of them, but now there's somebody in the, in the new generation. He's going after her. And it's definitely a romantic comedy. It's, I feel like it's one of those movies where like, if I had seen it in the 80s, the nostalgia would have made it funnier for me. Where watching it now, I was like... That's some of that humor is a little bit, <laughs> a little doesn't doesn't date well. <laughs> yeah, like there's some casual racism in there, definitely some casual sexism, but uh, it's more or less more or less fun. So yeah, for me, the the saving grace of the movie, like the person who who keeps the movie watchable, is Richard Benjamin, who was also in Witch's Brew, which we did a few years ago, um, 
and he's he is absolutely hysterical to me because he's the guy who's going after Dracula and trying to convince other people that there's Dracula, you know, and mm-hmm. everybody thinks he's absolutely nuts. Uh, he tries <laughs> to kill him a couple times very publicly. <laughs> um, but but he he only comes in like halfway through the movie, and and so up to that point, I was like, eh, this isn't totally working for me. Once he was in there, then I thought, okay, this is a fun movie. This working, nice. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Morbius. No, I'm just joking. Um, oh. I actually wouldn't mind mentioning it, but it's not really based on Dracula. It's based on vampires. We should we should talk a little bit about, you know, canonical okay. vampire and Dracula lore versus popular lore. Yeah, we, we, we mentioned that in the previous episode. Yeah. Because we, we talked about, like, the whole being killed by the light. Yeah. And silver. Don't have to have silver. Right. Right. Or yeah. garlic-filled bullets. But you know, I've, right. I've now watched so many stuff, and it's all it's all messed up, it's all twisted and, and gummed up together in my head. <laughs> I can't remember if yep. he, if he had to be invited into someone else's house or not. Yes, yeah, I'm pretty sure that was a thing. Yeah, he did. I, I know that the Lost Boys uses it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But I didn't like I said I can't remember if that a was canonical of- lore or if that's additional lore. No, that was canonical lore. Yeah, that was part of the thing. He he also like. Because I, I remember the line specifically from the book because it was interesting, where when um, when Harker arrived, he you know he invited him in. He said, you know, please enter my home at your own free will. <laughs> right, and that was from Dracula's perspective, right? He was yeah. saying it to Harker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but what and about so Dracula he, going into someone else's house? Because he starts off vamping Lucy outside the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why he was luring her out, and she was sleepwalking. And when she couldn't make it out, like if uh, Mina was hiding the key or something like that, she never got out and she would go back to bed. Mm-hmm. And then, because that's, even though I don't think they ever said it, I think that's what happened with uh, Renfield. And I think that's why Renfield was in the asylum in the first place. Was And that's why he wanted to get out. He kept telling him to like, set me free. And I think it was so he couldn't invite Dracula in. Because I think he was the one that invited Dracula into the asylum. So then he could go uh, get Mina. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hmm. That's my theory, anyway. <laughs> All right. At any rate, James, you're up next to. I'm a dial up another sweet. Dracula adaptation in your Rolodex. Blade. I'm not gonna say just Blade though, oh. because I did watch Blade, but I also watched Blade Trinity, which actually has Dracula in the movie. Oh, okay. I'll I'll allow it. <laughs> You'll allow it. <laughs> but so first of all, Blade's awesome. Everybody should go see that movie. It's a must must see. I saw that one in the theater. The yeah. uh, the rest of them are garbage including Blade Trinity. <laughs> I liked Blade 2. Although, I didn't watch Blade 2 because it didn't have Dracula in it. Blade 3 did, though. Okay. Yeah. And uh, they're remaking it. In they theory. Are. The, in, with Mahershala Ali. But yeah. I, yeah. I haven't, I haven't heard if they've started shooting it yet or if they've scrubbed it or, or what. Yeah, the actor's strike is having a huge effect on the things we yeah. want to watch in the future. Yeah. That's a problem. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Blade 3 is kind Blade of 3. a garbage yeah. movie. But. Right. I, I I did like uh, you know Van Wilder he was cool, or Ryan Reynolds like, there you go Ryan Reynolds I always remember his Van Wilder I think it was oh the he's first in the third one I, for some reason I thought watched, he yeah. was in the second one you know I was gonna watch the second one until uh, because I didn't want to see because I like him I like him but and then I and then I saw he wasn't in that one so I looked for which one he was in and that's where I saw the credits was Dracula I was like okay right. fine, I'll watch this one <laughs> right with uh, Dominic uh, whatever yep. her name his name yep. is from uh, Prison Break right. So like him, uh, Ryan Reynolds, uh, Jessica Alba. Jessica Biel. Or Biel. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, whatever. Anyway. Okay, I was getting them mixed up with, with the second movie. I did like the second movie just because there was the other kind of vampire. Right. 
with the with the big nasty jaws. Yep, yep, yep. Oh um, yeah, the mutant vampires. And, and, yeah, the mutant yeah. vampires. We, yeah. And that was uh, with Luke Goss, who was in the Frankenstein, one of the Frankenstein adaptations we watched years ago. Yeah. So yeah, Blade is pretty cool. I'm trying to think though. There wasn't really anything novel about that movie in particular. <laughs> I would just watch Blade instead. <laughs> well, it. I mean, the interesting thing about Blade. I, I, I mean, since since you opened the door to it, yep. and I allowed it, obviously, <laughs> uh, we we can talk about Blade. Is is you know it it definitely has the vulnerable to sunlight thing, and Blade is notable because he's a daywalker, right? And it, it's like it has degrees of being a vampire because Blade is just on the edge of turning into vam- a vampire and has to suppress it with the serum of silver nitrate and garlic or something. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Silver nitrate and garlic. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it plays and, it plays to all the silver stuff and the garlic stuff. You know, he's got the the hollow point bullets filled with garlic. Right. He's got the silver stakes and the, all kinds of other silver do hot gadgets and doohickeys. Yeah. 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 Like the shotgun that has the stakes in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the vampires. I remember they coated all their visible skin with white paint at one point. Well, just one of them did. And, um, Deacon Frost, the, the main bad guy, he he comes. No, out no, in the no. They, they all did because they went and when they killed the elder vampire. Oh, the older vampire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah, they put like sunblock on and then yeah. went and donned like full leather and helmets anyway. So I was like, okay, yeah. fine. SPF one thousand. <laughs> right. Yeah, but the so the thing with Blade though, because he was born a vampire, right? So he's quote unquote pure blood. That also tracks. Yeah. There's in the, I watched the third or fourth underworld movie i can't remember this is the latest one anyway but mm. i think in that movie they were saying how the pure bloods also aren't vulnerable to sunlight and it was like a surprise to people and oh, you know there's not that many of them and so the but they weren't vulnerable to sunlight either and then so that kind of made me like drew a line in my head like okay so dracula maybe you know he's a pure blood uh vampire mm. i guess right so i'm thinking like pure blood vampires aren't vulnerable to uh sunlight but made vampires are ah uh. Mudbloods. Yeah, mudbloods. Mudbloods. <laughs> <laughs> Which, um, I don't know if you guys remember, but there was a particular line in the book where they were talking about how Dracula like, studied at this school of darkness or something like that <laughs> in the bottom of a lake in Transylvania. Is that ringing a bell? Mm-mm. No. Oh. So apparently like, it's a thing in other uh, Transylvania lore, folklore. Hmm. There was actually an Irish author who studied Transylvania folklore and wrote a book about this, which supposedly Bram Stoker had read and used it to inspire Dracula as part of the Transylvania folklore and okay. tied in this this basically a dark school of magic. It's like a Transylvanian Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. And he, he studied alchemy and the dark arts with the – in my mind, the implication was that if he's a natural vampire or whatever, he kind of like turned himself into a vampire – through right. Arts. I mean, that that kind of tries to answer right. the question of how where did Dracula come yeah. from? Yeah, that that was the closest thing I think that Bram Stoker had to an origin story. Hmm. The interesting it, part that nobody, I think, in all these adaptations, nobody's really taken that tact. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. All right, Colin, yeah. what else you got? Uh, you know, I only watched the two extra movies, and uh, I've just been really busy. But I did come across this book. Ooh. So this has been a thing on the internet. It's called Dracula Daily. So as we talked about in the original podcast, Dracula is an epistolary novel. So it's a bunch of right. uh, diary entries and newspaper articles and other kinds of things. What this guy did, since it's in the public domain, is you can sign up for an email list. And starting on May 13th, he will send you every day the article entry for that day. 
And it's all exactly completely in chronological order because in the book, they're all kind of messed up. Right. Hmm. Um, and then over time, uh, I guess there was discussion about the things that were put out there. So there's this book called Dracula Daily, uh, reading Bram Stoker's Dracula in real time with commentary by the internet. Hmm. That's cool. Oh. So I, I didn't, yeah, I've been so busy. I didn't have a chance to get to it either, but uh, I may make like a blog posting or a That's Twitter cool. post when, I got it, when I'm done. Nice. Well, so then for anybody who's interested, if, if you uh, want to, you've been wanting to read Dracula and you haven't done it, you know, think about it uh, for next May to start up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Dracula Untold. Let's talk about Dracula <laughs> Untold. I know I saw this movie in the theater. I don't know who I saw it with because I just assumed it was Colin, but he said, no, I haven't seen that one. So it, I must have, it was probably my brother-in-law uh, that I went to it with. And this was, I think this was the first movie that attempted to build the dark universe, right? When, when like oh, every right. studio yeah. wanted a cinematic universe, mm-hmm. even though I don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> it's very difficult to pull off. <laughs> and and the, the only thing where I sort of respect them is that they made a movie and then they went, We'll try that again. We'll we'll try and start uh, start it with another movie, and uh, and they did that. Oh yeah, they did that with the Mummy, right? Yeah, they they did it with the Mummy a couple years yeah. later, and that didn't work either. And so, nope. so they uh, kiboshed it. <laughs> yeah. So it's a 2014 movie uh, starring Luke Evans, Charles Dance, and Dominic Cooper are kind of the three main dudes in it, and Luke Evans is starring as Vlad Tepes, right? Vlad the Impaler, right? And it's it's a setup where he's trying to repel. Where he has he has a. Have either of you seen this? Yes, James. You said you watched. No. it? Yep, I watched it. He's he's trying to keep the Turks from taking over, essentially. And it's not a terrible movie. It's just to me like it's a real missed opportunity because there's a more interesting character in the movie, and it's the vampire that turns Dracula. Because right. if you read on the internet about who was the old vampire, because that's what happens. He finds that there's this place where people don't go because it's scary. And Dracula and other guys go there. The vampire kills people, but doesn't kill him. And then and he comes back and, and talks to this, this old vampire played by Charles Dance, who played Tywin Lannister in the Game of Thrones. He's got a great voice. He's got a good look. Mm-hmm. But if you look on the internet, it says that he is Caligula. Oh. Uh, and he was turned, and then he's basically been shut up in this mountain cave for, right. you know, all that time, you know, almost a couple thousand years. Yeah, right? I think based on the narrative, it made it sound like whoever turned him cursed him to the cave until he turned somebody else. Right. And so he's he's talking about how, you know, basically, here, drink some of my blood. You can go use use my strength to defeat your enemies. As long as right. you don't drink anyone's blood, you know, you drink any human blood in, for three days, you'll revert to being human, right? So that's where the drama of the movie comes from. But if you do drink blood, then I will be set free. I can leave this cave and I can go find my revenge on the person who cursed me. Right. And I want to I wanna see that movie. I know, right? <laughs> that's what I was hoping for. <laughs> yeah. I, and I think they were planning on it, right? Because yeah. they're both al- both still alive at the end of the movie, because obviously it's a Dracula yep. movie. He's going to... I thought the end of the movie was actually pretty great. <laughs> I like the end of the movie, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and it did a, a decent job of, of setting stuff up. It wasn't right. a bomb. It, it actually made pretty good money. So I don't... I think it just wasn't very well critically received. It just wasn't great. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't um, like a... It wasn't like Iron Man, which kicked off MCU, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, my... It also took place at that time where PG-13 was the, the, the biggest money getter, right? We're seeing a resurgence mm-hmm. of more, more directors saying, you know what, I'm going to make my movie, and if it gets an R, 
I'm hoping it'll still find an audience. But back then, everybody was backing away from R and going PG-13. And I don't know why the hell we needed a PG-13 Dracula movie. Um, because... <laughs> it's Dracula. <laughs> like, it's very violent. Like, like, he kills thousands and thousands of soldiers, right? And right. and it's just... It's not terribly bloody, though. Lukewarm. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's, it's not bloody lukewarm because of Luke Evans. Ha. Yeah. I, I think, too, like, why do we want to make Dracula sympathetic? Really? I, that's that's what's been happening though for twenty years with all these different, you know, Twilight, uh, right? Uh, Blade, vampires. So everybody's doing that. So why? <laughs> I'd I'd rather just see. That's why I was more interested in the other evil vampire, right? Yeah, because vamp because Dracula is a lover and a fighter, <laughs> right? Yeah, and and of course you know like he doesn't. The first blood that he drinks is well, I won't give it away, but it's it's a bummer. <laughs> so like it, it could have been a lot better and uh you know i like some of the effects of him turning into a swarm of bats and stuff that was pretty cool there was yeah. the weird old priest who recognized that he was a vampire and tried to kill him <laughs> like was repelled by silver and then and then the the turkish guy who's his like of course they're old friends and it's uh dominic cooper who played uh stark's dad in the, the first captain america movie um oh. and like he's got an entire suit of oh, armor yeah. Out of right. out of silver. silver, yeah. I'm like, still the reflexes <laughs> wow. and speed of of Dracula should win the day. Well, Dracula was you know in a room of silver, covered in silver, and silver. Everywhere. I guess it was weakening him. Yeah, that was and that was that was supposed to be the whole blood. point. Yeah, yeah. It's radioactive like kryptonite, really. Yep. Oh, exactly. Okay. Actually, I um, thought the way that he lured into the silver trap was pretty slick. There's mounds of silver everywhere. He had silver bags of silver hanging over the head right, of the fight the entire time. Yeah, yeah. And so whenever he, whenever Dracula was starting to get the upper hand, he was slashing bags and raining silver on him to kind of tap him down a little bit more. Mm. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> Until he went like just super saiyan and oh, I have no weaknesses now. I kill you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, that's that. I I gave it like three stars on Letterbox because like it's it's not offensive. It's just it's just not yeah. great. Right. Uh James, you got any other Dracula adaptations? Oh yeah, the under the underworld movie. Mentioned that one. I right. That's that's right. less yeah. less Dracula and just more general vampire. I do wanna yeah. I do wanna circle back to that. Let's let's talk about, you know, kind of favorite vampire properties. I did actually watch uh the um is that nineteen seventy something other? The one that you recommended. Oh, the Langella one? Yeah, with Langella. Okay. That was pretty good. So I like that. I like that one. But that's a straight up adaptation. We're not talking about that. Yeah, no, no. That's about what I watched. As far as uh, you know, other Dracula adjacent stuff, you know, we could talk about Lost Boys. <laughs> I used to watch that all the time back then. Lost Boys. <laughs> yeah. Um, Colin, you don't have any other Dracula stuff to talk about? No. I'm okay. I'm all dracked out. Let, let's let's talk about vampire stuff then. And yeah, Lost Boys is good. Um I mean we could get into Twilight. You've seen Twilight, right, Colin? Or have you not? No? Good no. job. Good job. Don't do it. It's terrible. Yeah, no, no use for that. So I think the only other like probably top of my list vampire movie would be like Interview of the Vampire. I do like that movie. I've read, I read that book. I've read the book and watched the movie actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah I read the book like in a day and a half. Um, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. It was an interesting take on on vampires. It was kind of the, the yeah. beginning of the emo vampire. Yep. Yeah. Anne Rice actually wrote that book during. Uh, it was kind of therapy for her daughter's death. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean the interesting thing in in those stories is right, the the idea of the change over from being human to vampire because you you get changed over but it's not immediate. Right. Like your your body still has to flush out every all every bit of waste that it has that was a result of human digestion. 
And so that, like that changeover was, was interesting. And then the, the, how they had to make themselves look more human to pass as human Mm -hmm. because they're very pale. Right. Yeah. The Lost Boys is an interesting one because I, I think I mentioned to Colin, it started as an adaptation of Peter Pan. Right. Not an adaptation, but a, but, but a, a dark take on Peter Pan. Sure. Where the Lost Boys are, you know, that's what they're called, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where yeah. instead of getting immortality by, you know, being in Never Neverland, they get it from... Being vampires. Eating people. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a movie I've seen so many times. Because I, I, had, I, I had one friend who had cable. And he, he was always recording movies and like, hey, yeah, I, I've got the, I've got Terminator, you know, I've got, <laughs> I've got Aliens, oh, yeah. I've got all these other things. And I'm like, oh, sweet. Yeah, let me watch that and watch that over and over. Kiefer Sutherland. Good stuff. Bill from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, who has one line. Yep. <laughs> one of my favorite vampire things was Forever Night, which was, oh. a, it's a Canadian show. It's kind of like Highlander, the series of a similar thing where you have an ancient person so that you can you can tell stories by have him encountering something in the present which reminds him of something in the past and so you've got the flashbacks oh, okay. kind of yeah. uh telling on on what's going on in the in the present timeline and he's a vampire who's 800 years old and has decided to turn away from his evil ways and repay his society his debt to society by being a cop on the night shift in Toronto <laughs> <laughs> and uh, But where does he no get his blood then? Uh he drinks cow's blood. Oh yeah, or no, that tastes. I don't know. like raw steak. <laughs> yeah, uh, Lacroix, who who was the guy who turned him into a vampire, thinks it's disgusting that he drinks. Right, naturally. Of course, so do I. But yeah, it's well, not I mean, it's like Louis eating rats for a while. <laughs> right. The the interesting thing in Forever Night is it um it talks about how when you're first turned, you you are going to try and eat whatever's closest to you. Right. And so if it's a person, you know, it could be your best friend, your lover, you're going to bite them because the the first hunger is so strong. But if there aren't people around and there are rats or cats or dogs, you will go after the animals. And once you do that, it imprints you. And so for the rest of your vampire career, you're either a regular vampire or you're a carouche, which goes after animals. Oh. And so there's a there's a character in Forever Night in season three, I think, who's a carouche. Uh, any, any other... Uh, Favorite vampiric stuff, Colin? I think I'd throw in Life Force, Space Vampires. Ooh, I yeah. have not seen Life Force. I have seen it's the Space Vampire episode of Buck Rogers, though. <laughs> oh, it's creepy when I was a kid. Yes. <laughs> Poor Wilma. She didn't know what she was doing. The Strain? Have you read oh, The yeah, Strain? That's right. No. Oh, The Twelve. And uh, the what? The Passage? And what came the before passage, The Passage? Yeah. 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 Justin Cronin. Mm-hmm. I like the passage quite a bit more than the strain. Actually, I've, I felt like the strain is more the popular, where the passage is a little more literary to me, a little a little better developed world. Did you watch the adapted mm. show for the strain? I watched the first season. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I did too. And it's it's pretty decent actually. Um, but that's a different kind of vampire, right? Where they don't have teeth; they have that stinger. Right. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought I thought the show was pretty good though. The way they did the I liked the epidemiology behind it all. It's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's. I think that's all I have for vampire stuff. We, we didn't talk about underworld. We can talk about underworld. Well, you wanted to circle back to it, so yeah. Was there a reason to circle back to it? <laughs> well, I, I don't know if you know this bit of, of trivia, but but there's a, there's a black dude in that movie who plays a character called Ray's. I think his name is Kevin Gravoy, Gravois. Okay. Um, he's got this super super deep voice. Right. Um, he's the guy who wrote it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. oh, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did not know that. And the interesting thing is, I was listening to 
a podcast or radio show called The Bible Answer Man way back in the day. <laughs> and they were they were talking about movies and film and and how, you know, as a Christian, how to watch movies with wisdom and discernment. That's what they're talking about. Where they weren't saying that you can't watch anything with with objectionable content. You right. just need to be aware of the worldview of that movie. Right. But okay. that guy called in to the radio show. Wow. And, and, and talked to the guy. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, that's a familiar voice. And he said his name is Kevin. And so I looked it up and I'm like, that was totally him. He totally called into the Bible <laughs> answer man. <laughs> so. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, We've missed a movie. What movie? Last Voyage of the Demeter. Well, we've already talked. Well, at, we did a whole podcast that. on that. <laughs> and, and, we did. We did. I, I was going to mention it in in the like one thing that I like about that movie is it does not try and make vampire uh, Dracula sympathetic at all. Oh like, yeah, he's a monster. No. Yep. Yeah. Which I thought was cool. True yeah. to form the whole he's time. Not aristocratic. Not sexy. Just a monster. Yeah. <laughs> James, didn't you watch uh, like Dracula two thousand or something? Yes, I did. Okay. Also terrible. Really? Except, <laughs> except I like the it was like the I like the music. It was like the early two thousands heavy metal music. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Oh, uh, one last thing to say about Dracula Daily. Dracula Daily ends on November seventh. Oh. Okay, that's today. That oh, funny. funny. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops, it's fun. Well, I think we're about done talking about uh, Dracula adjacent and vampire adjacent things. I'm sure there's some, like, I, I've seen a couple clips on YouTube from True Blood, and it looks absolutely melodramatic, like melodramatic nonsense to me. Um, yeah. It oh, kind yeah, of that, the Vampire Diaries, and there's a third one, I think. And No, True Blood's totally a soap opera, dude. I've, oh, I've really? watched, yeah, I've watched a bit of it. This is, no, yeah. They're vampires. It's uh, Sookie yeah. Stackhouse, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's adapted. Yeah. Yeah. Paranormal romance. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, anything else we want to talk about? We, we, we may reconvene for another episode this month. I'm going to try and get this one out next week, probably. And then uh, and then we may reconvene while James is in South America. Yep. Trying to break the world Last again. Last time you went to South America, the world went to crap, James. Yep. If it happens again, it's totally my fault. Okay. <laughs> Twice or it doesn't count. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I thought the State Department had contacted you about this. Mm-hmm. This time it's not a cruise, right? So no, it's not. That's true. It's not a cruise this okay. time. So, no chance of running out of margaritas. Right. No cruise. It's Biden's office. We'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're actually going to South America to do advanced research on another adaptation for us, right? Of course. Duh. Morbius. What, wasn't Morbius <laughs> in South America? Wasn't that where they found like the vampire bats? Oh yeah, I think so. Oh yeah. yeah. I don't know if that's where they found vampire bats, but I think that's where the bats came from in the passage. That oh. could be. Nice. <laughs> okay, really briefly on Morbius. It was not nearly as bad as I had been told. And really, I enjoyed it more than probably a third of the MCU movies. I was going to say, yeah, it actually really wasn't that bad. If you, It's not I, good. I went in with pretty low expectations, Yeah, and it did not meet my low expectations. Right. So if you go in with that mindset, Colin, you'll be, you'll be all right. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's... It's pretty dreadful, really. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I still kind of enjoyed it. I I was like, there, the the effects are so wonky in places. I'm like, that must have been deliberate. Well, I think I, I enjoyed the actor though too. That did the the Morbius actor, the main guy. Mm. I had absorbed so much hate about Morbius on the internet <laughs> that I honestly expected that somebody was going to say it's Morbin time. And when it didn't happen in the movie, I was like, I feel like I've been lied to. And then I realized, oh, okay, people were just making fun. So that was, uh, I was being a bit of a doofus about that one. 
That's awesome. So, all right. Everybody out there who hears this podcast, let us know what are your favorite Dracula adaptations in, in I guess we used that term last time for ones that were actual adaptations of Dracula. <laughs> uh, but any uh, Dracula adjacent stuff, let us know. What did you like? And is, is there anything we should pick up for a, not for a third episode? I don't think we're going to do it, but uh, for, <laughs> for good entertainment value. Maybe we missed something that was really, really good. Yeah. All right. Thank you, everybody. Uh, and until next time, may the road rise up to meet you and may the book always fall open to where you're left off. Even if you're not reading a book because you're not talking about the book, you're talking about just movies. Although we did talk about two books. So, all right. Goodbye, everybody.